17th verse and we would receive uh, what God tells us to do. You know, a Christian uh, needs to be set apart from the world. Well, in John 17, 17, we see here that the Lord said, you know, sanctify them through thy truth. Thy word is truth. So if I'm going to be sanctified, and sanctification means set apart, this piano here was a piano that uh, I bought for my daughter because she was at six, seven years old when we would go to revivals, go to youth meetings, which we have. And they didn't have a piano player, and I would always encourage Kim to play. But, you know, and sometimes you encourage somebody so much that you turn them against it, too. So I've I got to realize that. But uh, my point is uh, that piano and the one in the sanctuary has been sanctified. I've been set apart for the service of God. So we would not let a group come in and practice that wasn't Christian, that was country, and I love country music, especially bluegrass. Uh, country is hard to find. You know, we got a channel on our TVs now called, you know, Grand Ole Opry, but man, there ain't hardly any country music on that. That's, I don't know what that music is, but it's not country. But uh, my point is, this has been sanctified this building has been sanctified so everything that we use in the service of God has been sanctified it's set apart for the service of God I am a child of the king so I've been sanctified of course I'm saved and never be lost but I'm set apart for the service of God so I could not go out here and participate in something that's worldly where I'm the headliner because my only headlining for me is to represent God. And it's different with each individual. But the Lord's churches preserve and uphold the truth, God's holy word. Now, in 1 Timothy chapter 3 and verse 15. 1 Timothy, now listen to this point, I don't know how far I'll get, but I'm not going to sli- slip over a lot just because of my time. I'll pick it up next Wednesday. But God says, 1 Timothy chapter 3 and verse 15, notice what he says. He says, but if I tarry long, that thou mayest know how thou ought to behave thyself in the house of God, which is the church of the living God, the pillar and ground of the truth. What's it talking about? The Lord said, you know, as 
the longer he stays where he's at and doesn't come back and rapture us, you're going to see more worldliness in the church. Even good sound Baptists will become more worldly. But God said, but if I tarry long, if I don't come quickly, that thou may know how thou art to behave thyself in the house of God, which is the church of the living God, the pillar and ground of the truth. There are certain conversations, you know, that shouldn't be carried on in that sanctuary. And nobody's ever heard of this, you know, or if they do, they've forgot it. But uh, God has instructions how he wants us to do things. Can you imagine what the owner of one of the bars in Lexington would do if a guy came in the bar and he starts singing Amazing Grace? You know, he said, well, he would be drunk. Yeah, but that's a blasphemous. That's blasphemy to sing God's songs with a bunch of drunks. I used to get upset at work when somebody wanted to come and and share a filthy joke with somebody within my hearing distance. I'm not too good to hear a filthy joke. But I don't want to hear a filthy joke because I've been sanctified. I've been set apart for the service of God. And you can't put yourself out of the world. You know, don't get me wrong, you know, on that. But the perpetuity of the Lord's church guarantees preservation of the Bible. You know, God says his church will be here. And to say correctly, his kind of church will be here. It doesn't mean Ammon Road Baptist Church will, will be. There's a lot of good churches that I used to attend, visit, even some I preached in. They're no longer in existence. They were a sound church. But because it was in a place where there wasn't a lot of jobs, there wasn't a lot of things, so the Young people grew up and they moved away. And the old people got a habit of getting older. And so, you know, the church is not there anymore. But his kind of church, his kind of church will always be here because he's going to come and in his kind of church, which I believe and it causing my heart to jump with joy when I believe this. The bride is going to come out of his church. And, and I just, it just sort of blows me away, especially when people that have sat under that kind of preaching and teaching for 40 years, and yet they, I don't know whether I dream of that. Well, where's his bride going to come from? He's going to go out in the world and get his bride?
God tells us, young ladies, my granddaughter is engaged. Callie's engaged. Here. That's a bride, a potential bride. But see, so many potential brides just act like everybody else until it gets up to the day. But I will teach on this. My granddaughter has been engaged about two years. Everybody said, when are you going to get married? Whatever we decide. But Michael, who is her prospective fiance, he ought to treat her just like his wife. But you know what? Young people, especially Young people, they're out flinging up until the day of the wedding. Well, I'm not tied now. You was tied according to the word of God, and I'll show you that. When that groom, prospective groom, said, will you be my wife? And you said, yes. One brief, I introduce you to Joseph and Mary. Psalms, chapter 12. Psalms 12, verse 6. The words of the Lord are pure. They're pure words. As silver tried in a furnace of earth, purified seven times. Why do you use the word seven? Seven is complete. Complete. See, God is a God of detail. See, I don't get upset or blame anybody. I didn't know these things when I asked my wife to marry me. I'm free until that uh, preacher says, I pronounce you man and wife. But when God saved me, and I started, fell in love with studying the church, see, there's no excuse for me to preach anything else because I'm convicted based upon the word of God that that's true. When Michael said, Caitlin, will you become my wife? and he don't have any entitled to her she don't have any entitled to him until you hear the word I pronounce you husband and wife the Lord's church will never pass out of existence you know 
you know, that you'll never pass out of existence, Henrietta? Said, you know, my neighbor's brother, my friend Jeff, who has been one of the best neighbors anybody's ever had. There, his son, her brother died. They no longer can communicate. But when they drop that body in the ground, that soul didn't go there. That soul went to one of two places. And he doesn't get a second chance after death. Lord Churches. will never pass out of existence. Matthew 16, 18, which we all know, and I say unto thee, thou art Peter, upon this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. This world, as corrupt as it is, cannot destroy this church if it belongs to the Lord. But if this church is destroyed, it will be like every other church. It will be destroyed from within. You know what's happened to families? They're being destroyed from within. Nobody wants to preach about it because nobody wants to hear about it. But you will not change what you're doing until you are convicted that it's not right. The Lord's churches are to take the word of God to all the nations. It's what Matthew 28, 19, 20. We read that great commission. Go ye into all the world and preach the gospel. Go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. Teaching them to observe all things. Whatsoever I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even till the end of the world. Thirdly, the Bible has traveled through the centuries on the royal highway of the trail of blood. That little trail of blood, you know, it's hard to read. Small print. But we got full page, same size as this. Everybody might want one, but, you know, it, it, it doesn't help you to have a Bible if you don't read it. And the trail of blood is hard to read. But when you read that trail of blood, what you will come up with, Christ got a church, and it was persecuted. You'll learn about all the heads on posts. Miles and miles that died simply because they were Baptists. Amen. And the only reason a saved person would say, <laughs> what is so special about a Baptist is that you haven't read the history book. Right. 
our country wouldn't be in the shape it's in if they would remember who died so that we could be free. Acts 11.1 said, And the apostles and brethren that were in Judea heard that the Gentiles had also received the word of God. See, we're not the only ones. When we get a mission sheet and we put Brother Mill's mission sheet or any, any other missionary, Bible has traveled through the centuries of this world. The book of Acts is a great history book about our church. In Acts chapter 13, notice with me please. Acts the 13th chapter. 49, 49th verse. The word of the Lord was published throughout all the region. We read that verse and say, what does that apply to us? Word was taken, shared. Word of the Lord was published throughout all the regions. But the Jews stirred up the devout and honorable women and chief men of the city and raised persecution against Paul and Barnabas and expelled them out of the coast. I'm not a Jehovah Witness person, you know. I'm a little different than most preachers. I talk to them. And when they proudly say, I'm Jehovah Witness, I said, I'm a Jehovah Witness as well. I witness for Jehovah God. And I want to tell you that he died for whosoever will. Not just that little group that y'all think he died for. He died for anyone that's willing to take their place as a sinner, repent of their sins, and turn to the Lord Jesus Christ. That message needs to be preached. See, because what is happening, there are so many groups. Right before the Lord comes back, they'll all combine. I don't know whether you keep up with the famous Pope over there, but that's his goal. He has done more to bring everybody together than any other Pope that I know about. Well, I'm not going back into a group where my brothers died for. It's what the Trail of Blood is all about. As many thousands and thousands of men and women died that's why I respect our service people. 
There's some good ones and bad ones. All that in everybody are good preachers, bad preachers. That's all true. But I'm telling you, if they hadn't went and died for us, we wouldn't even have the freedom we have now. If all of those Baptists with their heads on the poles for miles and miles, they're the reason I'm preaching tonight. Acts 19, 20. In Acts, the 19th chapter and the 20th verse, the preservation of the Bible is still here. That's why I make a little fuss when people want to change it. No changing in God's Word. It stays the same. You know, we need to understand that. We need to thank God for that. You know, in, in Acts 19, verse 20, God said, right here, Paul, these things were, uh, so mildly drew the word of God and prevailed. So mildly. The word of God will grow if we spread it. If we spread it, that's our job. Whether it's knocking on doors, whether it's sending out papers, whether it's being on the radio, whether it's being on Simon Audio, you know, I mean, we've had an opportunity. The last two years has been rough, but we've reached more people simply through Simon Audio than we've ever had. How many people are saved? I don't know. I don't know how many saved, but we've had a whole lot of people walk down the aisle that I don't know where they are, where they're at now. Not everybody that walks down that aisle is saved. But the true ones, they may get out and get to feed in sin and God whips them and breaks them down, but he always brings them back. God will not lose one of his. He says, won't. You know, Acts 15, 35 said, you know, Paul also and Barnabas continued in Antioch, teaching and preaching the word of the Lord with many others also. The key to spreading the word of God is witnessing. That's what the whole book, almost whole book of Acts is about. Why did God send persecution to church to spread them out? It was 1,000, 2,000, 3,000. So God brought persecution to get them to move. God said in Philippians chapter 2 and verse 16. Philippians chapter 2, verse 16. God said, holding forth the word of life that I may rejoice in the day of Christ that I have not run in vain, neither labored in vain. 
That's why that we get excited when visitors come. That's why we get excited when we're going to baptize some somebody. That's the fruits of our labor. But there's other ways. I get excited when I see one within the flock begin to grow, flourish. Because you know that when God is allowing that individual to grow, God's going to use. They're going to talk to somebody. Somebody's going to see them. But there's got to be growth. You know. It's when a baby doesn't grow that mom and dad gets worried. There's got to be growth. God says in the book of Galatians. Notice with me, please. Galatians chapter 3 and verse 16. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly in all wisdom, teaching and admonishing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing. Oh, Lord, isn't that sweet? Let. The word of God dwell in you richly in all wisdom, teaching and admonishing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing with grace in your heart to the Lord. I don't know whether I think everybody else has. I don't know whether the Marlins ever heard of Brother Smith from Northside Baptist. Uh, I tell you, if you haven't, just, just tell me. I'll make you a copy of some of those tapes. Man, that man preaches every time he sings song. And he died of cancer. He had it. God healed it, and it came back. He came out here when our revival and sung two or three songs, and he was sick. He was in pain. God uses songs. God uses songs. A friend of mine is upset at somebody. I don't know if y'all seen the little thing I posted on Facebook today, but I mean, you know, if I've got to make something right with Sister Jean, if she's here tonight, I need to do that tonight. I may never get another chance. Oh, when the time gets right, when the, the time is right now, because you may not be here tomorrow. Second Timothy chapter 4 verse 2 tells us what we ought to do. We all know this verse. You'll, you'll know it right soon you get to it. But Second Timothy chapter 4 verse 2 said, What? Preach the word. Be instant in season, out of season, reprove, rebuke, exhort, with all long suffering and doctrine. You know, just 
Yesterday it was. I said, what do you think about homosexuality? I said, it's not important what I think. But I can show you what God says about it. See, those things we are against, it should be because it said it here. I'm not prejudiced. I really am not. But if you hear the things that are going on in our government, if you're a white person, you're at the bottom of the food chain, friend. That's just a fact. These are the last days we're living in. God said in Titus chapter 1, Titus chapter 1 verse 9 said, Holding fast the faithful word as he hath been taught, that he may be able by sound doctrine both to exhort and to convince the gangsayer. That man yesterday didn't want me to show it to him in the Bible. He wanted to know what I thought. And we got a tendency sometime when God has given us the perfect opportunity because when we quote scripture, it's got power behind it. Don't have a lot of power when I quote James T. Vance. See, and God said, you know, preach the word, be instant in season, out of season. But then he said in Titus 1 9, as we says, holding fast the faithful word as he have been taught. You've heard me say how much. I realized that Brother DeRossi taught me after he was gone. I still use one of his illustrations. Life is just like a railroad track. He told me that when I took over Hebrew, and he said, remember, Brother Vance, life is like a railroad track. God's side, one track. Man's side, one track, you just stay right in the middle. Because if you go too far, you're going to be hard-shelled. And if you go too far the other way, you ain't did nothing but made a fool of yourself because man can't do nothing by himself. You couldn't even get up this morning by yourself. You couldn't even speak the next word without God. I'm telling you, I believe this is all of my all of my heart. God's going to bless me. He'll bless Henrietta. He'll bless me. He'll bless anybody that gives God all the credit because that's who deserves it. I'm doing good. Only got a couple more verses. Hebrews chapter 4, verse 12. Hebrews chapter 4, verse 12. 
God says here in the 12th verse of Hebrews, Hebrews 4, 12, for the word of God is quick, powerful, sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the dividing asunder of the soul and spirit and of the joints and the marrow, and is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. That's all you got to use is the word. When I first started, I mean, I'm, I'm being honest. I, I didn't know there was two Johns. I mean, I didn't know nothing. And I had an old Baptist preacher, his name is Bill Hunley, who God sent him when I was in the hospital for 40-some days, you know, and he preached to me, and he preached to me, and he, I made him answer, get him out of here. But he later tutored me, and he later preached a revival for us, and and he said, i tell you what you need to do. Every subject, you get your little cheat note, you want to call it. You know, all the verses that show you what salvation is. You want to witness somebody? What do you want to tell them? What repentance is? And, you know, you keep that in your Bible, Brother Vance, and when you're witnessing, ain't nobody knows that you got that all pre Then after a while, I didn't have half a note. God uses the word. And lastly, Revelation 22, 18 and 19. Revelation 28, 22, excuse me, verse 18 and 19. He said, For I testify unto every man that heareth the words of the prophecy of this book. If any man shall add unto these things, God shall take away his part out of the book of life and out of the holy city and from the things which are written in this book. In other words, don't add to, don't take away from the word of God. We just read it just like it is. We study it just like it is. And God will reveal to us what he wants us to have. Bottom of this page is Calvary Baptist Temple. Home mission work, the heartbeat of the church. See, this is what I taught y'all when we were down on 2nd Street. But it's still good because if you was to get a copy of it, there is a 10 points and I don't have any commentary at all. It's just all Bible. And you can't go wrong when you study Bible. Our Heavenly Father, we thank you for this day. We thank you, Father, for each one that came out here tonight. And-